The other week we were talking about the phenomenon of more people leaving Canada to either head to a home country if they're immigrants or to head to a totally different country. I talked about this. You called in. People gave their perspectives. I wrote a column about it too, and then people emailed me telling their personal stories, and it was really quite something to hear the number of people who are doing this, why they're doing it. Affordability, hello, people looking around going, wow, I can actually live more carefree in other countries. I have a friend who's pretty much sold on the fact he's going to move to Japan. His girlfriend is, is from Japan, but normally what would happen, and I think the original idea is she came from Japan to Canada for employment opportunities and everything, and they'd you know, they, they got together, they got you know coupled up, and they would have a life here in Canada. Now they're going, let's go back to Japan. And that's a bit more of a culture shock because they're less inclined to, well, they don't really have, have an immigrant culture the same way uh, we do there. So it'd be a big culture change for him, but saying, you know, we can make it work there. And the number of people who emailed in to say Portugal was where they were going. Both people who were from Portugal originally, but then also more people uh, just Googling around and finding we like it. We like Portugal. A lot of Instagram videos, YouTube videos of people saying, we're getting out of Canada. Now we have some statistics that are are connected to all of this, but they paint a very multi-year-long picture. So they're not about the immediate uh, things that we're hearing. And these are also stats that actually wrap up in 2017. So for perspective here, it's sort of the long-term picture. The Toronto Star reporting on a Statistics Canada report, more than 15% of immigrants leave Canada within 20 years of admission to return to their country of origin or to move to another country, highlighting some of the difficulties immigrants might face in Canadian society. The report came out on Friday and examined immigrants admitted between 1982 and 27. Uh, so pardon me, this is the data doesn't wrap up in 27, but people arriving in 27. 2017, found the number of immigrants who left increased to 17.5% after 20 years of admission. More than 5% of immigrants admitted between these years emigrated within five years of landing. What does this all say and how is it changing? For more on this, we're joined now by Cassandra Foltz, who is founder and senior consultant at Doherty Foltz Immigration. Cassandra, good morning. Good to have you on the program. I know every day you're talking about people uh, in these situations. So I'm going to take it that this StatsCan report, it didn't particularly surprise you. Not one bit. Uh, this is the kind of thing that's really been going on behind the scenes for you know, over 20 years, as the, the report tells you. But no, it's not a surprise at all. People, uh, people always have to do what's best for them and their families. And unfortunately for Canada, sometimes that means leaving to go back to the country that they came from or go somewhere else entirely. Yeah, and I actually don't find the 15% number surprising. I don't find it high or low at all. I just find it pretty interesting because it it stands to reason that generally when people make a major change like moving to another country, they want to stay for the long haul because it's such a big life choice to make. But then for other reasons, many different reasons, you're also going to change gears at some point. You're absolutely right. It's more difficult than ever to come to Canada, and it requires major, major sacrifice of time, uh, sometimes even of your, your place in society, financially, without a doubt. What I did find interesting in the report was for certain countries, it's more than 30% of people who go back home. Right. And those countries, uh, that includes the USA, of course, our closest neighbor, uh, but it also includes European countries like France and the UK, as well as Hong Kong and Taiwan. So what is behind those particular uh, country choices, would you say, rising to 30% for them? 
I think it's uh, it really depends on the country. For USA and Western European countries, uh, I think a lot of times people find that, well, they made more money in the USA. And if they're from Europe, the social safety net is stronger there. So I've definitely heard people who have worked in both tell me it's sort of the worst of both worlds uh, in Canada because we do have a social safety net, but it's not as strong as Europe. And we do have a developed economy, but the salaries are not nearly as high as the USA. For other countries, it, uh, a lot of times it, it depends on people's personal circumstances. The people who are most likely to leave that we've seen uh, in, among our clients are definitely uh, older immigrants. So people mm. whose uh, parents were sponsored, that's top of the list. Honestly, people sponsor their parents because, of course, they want their mom and dad here. They're getting older. Sure. They want to take care of them. It only makes sense, right? But what happens is, especially when people's, uh, people are from a, a society that's culturally very different from Canada, people's parents come and they hate it. They hate it not because it's not good, but because they don't speak the language. They're not familiar with the culture. They've lost their, their social contacts, right? Their friends, they would go play cards or whatever and be able to you know, talk to people. But now they're isolated. Maybe they're living in the suburbs. It's not necessarily walkable. And what exactly are they supposed to do with all their time all day? Yeah, change is hard for old people. My in-laws Very. have been learning a new language. Uh, they were learning it recently. And I was like, wow, like I can't believe like, no, no. But me, I'm like, no, like that's why I mentioned the lead in a friend of mine moving to Japan and he's not, he's, he's born in Canada. He's mm-hmm. Caucasian, although his, his partner, she's Japanese. And I'm just kind of like, wow, like it's, I'm totally all about, you know, participating in other cultures and so forth. But I also just know, like, I feel like I wouldn't pick up the language just because, you know, you get older, you get <laughs> changes hard. It's very, very, very difficult. And gosh, my, my heart goes out to your friend. I, uh, I, I hope that it's not so difficult for him. But yeah, it's really hard. And the older you get, even for those of us who are not, you know, old per se, but even in your 30s and 40s, it's not easy to learn a new language. That's yeah. very difficult. No, absolutely. Our guest is Cassandra Fultz, founder and senior consultant at Doherty Fultz Immigration. We're talking about this new report showing that more than 15% of immigrants will leave Canada within 20 years of arriving, surges to 30% for some countries. Cassandra, I was talking about all those recent anecdotes that I've been getting from people just in recent months, and I'm sure you've seen Mm -hmm. those YouTube and Instagram posts as well. This report, I know, does not capture this recent trend, just the, the, the vibe out there that you just can't make a go of it in Canada anymore, affordability crisis, uh, people feeling like they'll never own a home, and just the basic idea of why you would come to Canada in the first place, no longer applying so much. What are you hearing in real time from people? You're absolutely right. This doesn't include sort of the post-COVID landscape at all. This is just, you know, back when things were normal. Right. So nowadays uh, we're really we're really seeing this in, in stark contrast. And on one hand, these issues impact all Canadians, Canadians who were born here and whose family has been here for generations, as well as people who just got here. And those are things like uh, affordability, housing, interest rates, you know, grocery prices, all of those things affect all of us universally. But some things uh, affect immigrants more, uh, more acutely. So, you know, some of the things that, that I hear from my clients are the difficulties they face in finding a job that was comparable to what they did back home. I have clients who are executives, VPs, directors, even C-suite back home where they came from, and they cannot get anywhere near a comparable job in Canada. Well, are they are they getting the job are, first and coming here? Or are they coming here and then shopping the resume? Because that second one, I'm sure, is super hard. 
It is. It really depends. Sometimes people do come here with a job. They come here to work initially and then decide they like it and they want to stay. And those people honestly have a leg up on everyone who came to Canada first and then tried to find a job. Yeah. And we all know the story of, you know, the taxi cab driver who's the doctor. And sometimes there's accreditation issues involved as well. Um, But, you know, I also think just finding uh, finding your way in a system where, you, you know, maybe you had all the top contacts and references uh, in another country and you come here and it's like you feel like you're starting from scratch, even if the resume puts you, you know, at the top of the pile elsewhere. You bet you're absolutely starting from scratch here. I'm, you know, honestly, the the waiter at my favorite restaurant, he's a dentist back home, you know, so so you're not exaggerating that bit at all. And there's also the issue that people face of honestly prejudice, unfortunately. It's it's something that even we are not immune to in Canada. You know, I have I have multiple clients who, even though, for example, if their name is Samir, they have to say Sam on their resume or they're not getting a call back. And there have been numerous studies over the past 20 years documenting this exact phenomenon. And what what the studies say is that many employers across all industries in Canada would rather hire a native-born Canadian with no experience than an immigrant with tons of relevant experience. It's very unfortunate. All right, lots of complications as to why people are saying, you know what, Canada's just not working for us anymore. Cassandra Fultz, founder and senior consultant at Doherty Fultz Immigration. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Have a great day. And I think, folks, where we're at here when we talk about the housing crisis, which I think is a proxy for a broader crisis in terms of like a numbers game crisis around the things we need to live our lives, because it's infrastructure, it's transportation, it's all of that in the mix in terms of how to live a quality life there. I, I find that, yes, if we get to a point where, and we know we've cut the international student numbers, we've done that, so that's going to alleviate the pressure because it's all a numbers game. It's supply and demand, number of people competing for scarce resources in terms of apartment units or in terms of spaces on the road to fit your car, whether it's international student or you know person born here, it's all a numbers game. So if... We're reducing international student numbers, for example. It'll help with the numbers game. But the bottom line is if there are people who are saying, I thought Canada was this place where anything was possible and, you know, you could make a go of it. And now they're saying it's not anymore. That's not a good look. It's not a situation you want to be in. It's kind of sad to hear that, well, we know people whose kids are born here and growing up here say, you know what, I'm getting out of here, I'm getting out of Canada. Or people who immigrated here and then say, no, it's not what I thought it would be. All of that's a negative to feel that people just aren't feeling it anymore, that Canada is no longer the land of opportunity. We hear a lot about that.